Welcome to Content Inspire, a podcast focused on sharing good people doing great things within the sports nutrition and fitness industry. Welcome to Content Inspire. I'm your host, Andrew Calvino. And today I have the legend, the badass, Ben Kane. Um, and in all honesty, dude, thank you for being on Content Inspire, for sharing your time, your experience with the listeners. And dude, you, when I started Content Inspire and you gave me your support from day one, dude, that changed the trajectory of this podcast. So you are a legend, a badass. I appreciate you. And thank you. I, yeah, listeners, you guys are in for a treat. I really, I didn't uh, read. I didn't realize when I came on the first time that I was like one of the first people on. So I, I came in like so candidly, but I'm super proud to be, I think, am I the only person to do this twice so far? Yep. You're the only person to do this. Oh, twice. Cool. And no, I'm excited. I, I think maybe we should say for everyone that's listening, this, like this, this, like, I think a lot of people think these are like planned business things. I literally just texted Andrew. It was like, we should catch up. Like, this is just us catching yes. up, which I'm really excited for. I do a lot of business podcasts. I'm excited to just kick it with you today. Thank you, dude. And yeah, um, Ben did text me and was like, yo, Content Inspire episode two. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. Because um, we we talk, we FaceTime on the regular and catch up, but this is on air now. So sweet. Yeah. You yeah. you have a lot of friends. Like, I, what I like about our friendship, and it's just, it's just like kind of you as the person matches my kind of person, but um. We could just we could not talk for a couple of weeks and then we could just like send a voice note and catch up. You know, it doesn't have to be in your ear all the time. That's how you know you're good friends. Yeah, exactly. Plus, I know you're super busy all the time taking over the world at Price Plus. So <laughs> it's I, I think I think we talked a decent amount last time about like content creation, obviously content inspire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I I still, I think I talked about like time management and like learning how to make my own content at that. And I'm, I'm still figuring it out, you know, like obviously uh, because of the type of my content, it ebbs and flows with the industry. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that was, a, that was like a big thing for, for the job and for my, my learning it this last year, working from home by myself, I'm, I'm no longer in an office anymore. So learning to manage my time and learning to create content efficiently was important for me so okay and i'm gonna drop the first question your why is my why yeah what is your why so my why is so funny because it's so opposite of like what you'd expect like i never wanted to work in the self-ministry like i was going to rutgers for dietetics Mm -hmm. um i was gonna be a registered dietitian i was gonna I really didn't want to work in a hospital. I wanted to work like outside of a hospital, but most people end up in hospitals. So it was something I kind of understood. But, um, and I ended up working in the supplement industry because I was offered an opportunity to change the supplement industry. So the only reason I took a job in this, I keep, I keep saying industry, but in this topic was because I wanted to change the way that it worked. So, um, I worked at Nutribio for multiple years and I worked at okay. some other spots for a little bit. I finally found my spot at Priceplow and the, I, I think I said this on a story the other day, the reason I came to Priceplow, like I, I should make clear, I had offers at some other nice spots where, you know, I'd have like 401k and like benefits and stuff <laughs> that said I'm self-employed right now was mm-hmm. because I thought that I had 
more power to change the industry and impact people's lives. So my why is because I am able to improve something for someone. Uh, some days it's you know t teaching someone about calories and macros. Other days it's producing content and uh, changing the way people see regulatory in the industry. But um, every day I wake up to some sort of message on Instagram thanking me for something that I did. And that's kind of my why to keep going. That feels really good. Well, thank you for sharing that with me and the listeners, my <laughs> man. I greatly appreciate that. And um, so I know it's been a while since I've seen you. Uh, yeah. I, last time I officially saw you was at the TNS Christmas party last year in December. It's been like uh, nine months. Yep. So I have to ask, is there, would Price Plow ever host like an event or a party or anything like that within the industry? So it's an ongoing joke. Sometimes I feel bad because Mike and I have Mike and I are like extremely close friends. We've been for a long time. We have some really funny jokes that go on, but Mike isn't very in tune on social. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it doesn't make it to the public eye. But we have this joke about uh, organizing the Sturgis of supplements. Are you familiar with Sturgis? Sturgis? Yeah. Sturgis is, is the it's for people who don't know, it's a, like a big motorcycle, mostly Harley Davidson. Uh, but uh, you could call it an expo, but it's really just a bunch of guys at this place called Sturgis. And we, we've had this really fun idea. Um, we thought about, actually, at one point, we were really close to partnering up with Glaxon for it um, mm -hmm. and wanted to make it a retreat. You know, you're familiar with the idea where uh, we wanted to do like an, like an invite only, not really invite only, but like good people, you know, like, like mm -hmm. you saw at the TNS party, there were a lot of good people that were invited that weren't just from South Carolina. And uh the idea didn't go very far, but we had a lot of cool ideas of how to make a very special retreat. Uh, but right now, currently with, um, you know, whatever your feelings are on what's going on in the world right now, I won't say the words because I hear it messes you up with platforms, but with the current environment of travel and worries about health and all, whether or not you believe in it, other people believe in it and it would be hard to get that many people together, I think right now. So uh, we, we've put that aside for a little bit for now, but it is a super cool idea. I love bringing people together. Yeah. If you guys ever do have the opportunity to do an event, count me in. Cause I would go. Oh, of course. Me. Of course. Yeah. Um, um, dude. And just what has your opinion regarding the supplement industry? Has it changed from now to when you started? Oh, every day. Every day it changes. I thought I, I, you know, what's so funny. Like you think, you know, everything about something that you do every day and you, I'm always learning more every day. I feel like I know less about it. Um, it's pretty crazy. I think like my biggest realization this year is like, uh, you know, we talk about the industry, we talk about all this stuff, but like, what's been really crazy for me is realizing if I didn't have a cell phone, I wouldn't know any of these people, you know? Like uh, you deal with a lot of negativity every here and there. And I, every when I have to deal with that kind of stuff, most recently I've backed off and been like, if I had a, if I didn't have a cell phone or a laptop, I would have no clue this person that's calling me names online even exists. Like they don't have an impact on my life. They don't change anything, right? Uh, and not to like belittle those people, but um, how much does that really matter? I guess I, I, I default to negativity with that kind of stuff. That's not kind of, that's not very fair, but there. Mm -hmm. across the industry a lot of this stuff is so blown up by social media whether good or for worse you know for for ourselves it gives us power 
because we're able to create a platform, right? What would content inspire be without the internet? It wouldn't be anything. Correct. Um, there's so many different ways to take this. Uh, you know, I learn a lot of regulatory stuff. It's kind of one of the main things that I talk a lot about. Um, but it's completely different depending on really where you consider my beginning. I, when I worked at GNC, when I worked at Vitamin Shop, when I worked at NutriBio, it's grown in waves for myself. But maybe one of the biggest other things outside of um, industries and communities was my perspective on innovation and uh, ingredients on the innovation side. If you had asked me when I was at Vitamin Shop or NutriBio what I considered innovation to be, I would consider it new ingredients, new sports data, new stuff like that. Um, but your buddies at Ghost proved me very wrong there. Uh, innovation can be so much more, I've learned. It could be experience from a, a product. Um, it could be new flavor collabs. I mean, there's a reason I have gamer and Swedish fish on my desk right here, right? You've got Sour Patch Kids right there, right? Yep. Um, now, are, are there innovations in these things outside of the flavor? Absolutely. New level in Gamer. I think Gamer was the first product to have new level. Um, your can is it's one of the first RTDs with full dosage of uh, focus ingredients. I mean, how cool is that, right? But uh, if you go to your local store and you ask a kid that's drinking one what they like about it most, they'll probably tell you the Sour Patch flavor. You know, and that's a innovation in experience. So I, I think this, uh, a very good mentor of mine, Mark Lazier, said that right now the industry is in a renaissance period. We are moving in so many different directions. There's so many different things happening. Um, and what's really cool is you could have folk that both appreciate good science and a, a, a flavor, a collabor, an exciting uh, development in just flavor. So uh, there's there's so much changing. It's it's happening so quickly. It's it's quite exciting. Boom. So on a personal note, the question that I asked you was like, what was your view has changed within the supplement industry? Mm. Answering that same question is like, when you're on the outside looking in, it's a huge industry, absolutely yeah. huge. There's no chance that everybody knows each other. But surprise, surprise, it is a yep. it is a when you find out that somebody knows somebody and they know somebody else it's yeah it's insane it's pretty funny glazier calls me the uh the bouncer of the industry because if you want to know anyone i can get you there um and uh i don't know i think uh we get a lot of comments asking like why we get free product or why we get beta samples why we get stuff before others but it's all about networking your exact mm -hmm. point right there it's a huge industry it's that you know companies pop up every single day but there's someone that's stringing it all together. Um, and that's been really the journey for me is, is seeing behind the curtains. And I maybe that, that's also a bit a part of my why as well as I think that everyone should be able to see behind the scenes. And I try to expose that as much as possible. Maybe expose is a bad word. That sounds negative. But I try to share the experience with as many people as possible. Okay. You're trying to open up the curtains and show the behind the scenes work even more in regards to the manufacturing process, ingredient formulation while who's running behind the scenes like if yeah it, if it's a good person a good brand with a good product they're on plus plus Simple some of my most popular pieces of content over the last two years have been me traveling to headquarters you know i went to glaxon headquarters and showed their manufacturing their science their, their, their thought process their, their actual people mm -hmm. um and there's just there's so much that normal consumers don't get to do and i have unique opportunity to be able to be there um end of this month i'm going to supply side east it's an expo in new jersey actually for mm -hmm. 
it's like the Olympia of ingredients. Uh, and two years ago, the last time that they had West in Vegas, I did a vlog there where I showed people behind the scenes of what ingredient and companies look like at these things and how it differs from like your Arnold or your Olympia. And that's, that was actually one of my most popular videos uh, ever because people got to see what it's like to be behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. But this, this proverbial curtain is really a huge expo hall at the Mandalay Bay. You know, it's, it's massive, but no one goes, um, but it's cool. Cause you'll see me, you know, walking through this expo, shaking hands with some different ingredient companies. And all of a sudden I'm with Holden and Wilkie, yep. you know? And it's like, I remember it's like, wait, I thought ghost was just the kids in the skinny jeans, like drinking sour patch kids. No, no, they're here. They're um, drew from dragon pharma is here. Everyone meets up here and it's like this meeting of the minds that, you know, whether you're from the lifestyle side or the more heavier hardcore side, we all end up here looking for ingredients. So I try to share that as much as possible so that other people can be involved. Okay. And then dropping another quick question your way is why do you think brands still to this day use prop lens? Uh, it's a multi-pronged question because you have people who legitimately who legitimately think it protects them because they have this uh you know very hard research blend of ingredients that they want to be protected um so a lot of these people will say you know i need to protect my formula because people will steal it these these small brands think that these large brands are copying them um, which I find so ironic, so hilarious, because you're talking about a brand that does, you know, $500,000 a year. They, but, th but like their proprietary ingredient blend is supposedly so valuable that a brand that's like a hundred million dollars has to copy them. When you realize that these brands that make these huge products could employ research and development scientists, they could, they could fund their own research. They could make their own products. I think that most companies using prop blends are using it to one of two things, uh, dis disguise crappy formulas mm -hmm. and, and show something that doesn't look quite as bad. Um, or two, they're saving money on testing. You put stuff in a proprietary blend. You no longer have a label claim for that product. You no longer need to test it to prove that. Um, one theory from Mike, uh, founder and owner of, of Price Plow, is that if you have a proprietary blend that the first run, the spread of ingredients is, is, is a certain way on the second couple of runs, you can change the dosages of the ingredients. And as long as they're still in the proper order, nobody will know you're making the product cheaper. Damn. Yep. There's a lot of different ways that you can fudge the system with this stuff. Um, and it's not always just, it's a crappy formula. There's, there's other, you know, there's a lot of levels to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I do have to give a shout out to James, aka Impel, who basically spends his hard-earned money in regards to testing the products to make sure that oh, yeah. what's on the label is on the label, what you're paying for, because he's at least he's putting his uh, money where his mouth is. So Yeah. Props yeah. J James does an awesome, awesome job. And James is one of those brands that is, you know, around the same size currently, not, you know, I think James is a, a beautiful future in the industry, but uh, he's in the same discussions and the same size as those other companies that are complaining about brands copying them uh, uh, or whatever. James, instead of complaining, is putting his time into working. You know, I see the guy posting 4 a.m. at the gym so he can get up early and, and start training and then do his work afterwards. Like he's, he's not complaining about stuff. He's putting the work in. 
constantly posting his testing. I, I love that part of his uh, his content. Yeah, and he's so open with his community that he's building in regards to sending certain like fans or supporters of his brand, like the actual samples of the yeah. protein or whatever. And just they're like, give me the feedback, just let me know. Um, yeah. And then I also see him on the weekends freaking killing it at like booths or expos, this, that, yes. name it shows. So he's doing like a grassroots and trying to do it his own way. So props to him. Reminds and me of a early ghost uh, style stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, cause very early on ghost was also sharing similar things about the amount of money that they would spend on different efforts. Like, uh, I don't know if you know this, if you watch one of the early Olympia videos, they talked about their whole budget for the Olympia. They told you how much it cost, which was ridiculous. It was crazy. James is very open about the money he spends on testing and what that takes away from his marketing funds. You know, he shows all of the demos that he does himself. He doesn't have a team that goes and does shit. He doesn't himself. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that, at least in my opinion, why, why I've stuck with Ghost for so long is one, the products are badass. Mm. Um, the label, the OG Blue Raspberry Graffiti legend caught my mm -hmm. eye at GNC. That changed the game. Um, and then when I went on the YouTube channel and they were just so open in regards to the whole entire process of trying to get into another country, trying yeah. to set up for Olympia or the 12 a.m. run or just doing it their own way. So yeah. it's something that I hadn't seen in a long, long time. So the kind of transparency is hard to come by, you know, and a lot of times you see brands that are quote unquote transparent, but they're only showing you the things they want to show you, right? Yeah. Ghost has been pretty transparent in showing things that did not go the way that they wanted them to and still ended up winning. Uh, like I, One of the stories that comes to mind, and I hate to speak for them, but one of the ones that I, I love thinking of is uh, when they ran those scoop neck shirts uh -huh. and uh, they ran the wrong size. I don't know who screwed it up. It was the manufacturer in China or what, but the scoop ended up being an inch lower where it was supposed to be. And so they ended up being like these like super deep cut shirts uh -huh. and they still sold them. They still, still everyone loved them. And, and uh, ghost is so transparent on that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, man, that's, oh, damn. I could just talk <laughs> about ghost all day, but I'm going <laughs> <another. though. laughs> <laughs> to drop another quick question your way is what is sure. your favorite energy drink? I know that a lot of oh. red, white, and boom from America labs or America energy um let me see what other energy drinks have been out lately what, yeah, no matter what i answer here it's gonna i'm gonna get a text message um it's it's like uh it's like seasonal for me you know like okay. I, I hate to say it but like it's like with the drops it's it's whatever is like going on right now like like right now i cannot wait to run outside and go see if my bubblicious is outside you know like i'm very excited for that Ooh. you know but okay um but most recently it's been uh the victory uh the root the the uh cream soda flavor of uh red white and boom um and i think one of the reasons for that is because you have uh very strong flavors and i become obsessed with them like when the blue spk ghost energy came out like i had to drink it all the time yeah uh, it's like it's like listening to your favorite song on repeat in the gym for like three weeks straight like eventually you can't listen to it anymore um but in the future, it can become a, part, a healthy part of your rotation. So right now, I'd say I'm drinking the most of that victory, the cream soda. But if I'm in a store that has an SBK or a mango, I will definitely pick that up. Okay, nice. Awesome, sweet. And then but how lucky are we right now that like 
um, I was joking about this. Well, let's let's give them a shout out. Fitness Informant came out with their RTD guide last night for pre-workouts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw that. And, um, you know, you could nitpick over like the different formulas, but pretty much every single formula on that on that um, top list, like deserved to be of the year. You know, like they were not all that different. They were all top picks. Mm -hmm. um, and so how lucky are we that right now, if you go into a, a if you go into a reputable store, if you go into TNS, like a store that's doing the right thing, and you throw a dart blindfolded, you're probably gonna hit something pretty good. You know, like like most stores are stocking all all the right stuff and it's hard to go wrong. You're right about that. So TNS and Jacob absolutely killing it. And a lot of the standards within the industry have just gotten yeah. to the level that if you go into a supplement store you're going to end up with a good quality product that at least helps you get closer to reaching your goals. So yeah, yeah, it's not like 20, 30 years ago when you like freaking walk into a store and it's just garbage. There are even worse stores that long ago, you know, like, like, like really recently it's things have really gotten so good. Yeah. And then this is just, I'm going to drop another quick question your way is has animal brought you on as a consultant, bro? No, no, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep bringing that up until someday, maybe, someday, maybe. You know what, I'm gonna make another Instagram account and another Twitter. I'm gonna have uh, nothing associated with me. I'm just gonna <laughs> tag animal every single day. Ben Kane, Ben Kane, talk to Ben Kane, talk to Ben Kane, motherfuckers. <laughs> they have, they're like a, they're like a family owned company. You know, mm -hmm. like they're, they're uh, very traditional and, and they've been around since 76, I think it was, um, you know, they, they, they know it works for them, but mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever watched Mad Men, but, uh, one me. of my, one of my favorite shows of all time. And that's the ongoing thing is that he, Don Draper always wants to work with Coke, you know, which, I mean, if you're an ad guy, that makes sense. It's just for me, like I grew up on animal, you know, I, I grew up just. I had their posters on my walls. I had so much love for them. And someday, I mean, just getting to work with them is a dream. I get to, their, their manufacturing facility is not far from here. I drop by there um, when I need to pick up product. Uh, they're right next to my gym. And it's just so cool being involved. Uh, but maybe, maybe someday I'll get to work on a, a campaign or a formula with them. Hopefully, man. I'm rooting for you to make that happen <laughs> on the wheel. And still to this day i'll remember seeing posters of evan Santapani or oh Dick yeah Rats. and yeah that brand is legendary dude and those guys like, were like bigger than life you know mm -hmm. like they really did a good job making them seem like just everything like like that was who you aspired to be i think these days it's definitely like the christian guzman's that people want to be you know but back back at that point not to not to put down christian guzman he's very aesthetic he's mm -hmm. definitely like what most people want to look like now but dude when i was 19 years old i wanted 20 inch forearms like frank mcgrath you know like yeah that was that was that was it that was um back then opening up muscular development and seeing the yeah. muscle tech ads for when they had everyone they had branch warren phil heath um jay cutler, jay cutler. The entire team uh, yeah just monsters dude like yeah it was it was a different yeah time back then do you talk about influencer marketing right like jay cutler you know like that was it you know that's where you got that, that uh, 
that was like uh he, he was the dude he was the biggest thing about in bodybuilding um and how, how things have changed now i mean jay is still a really popular name he's still obviously you know one of the greatest of all times in bodybuilding but when you look at the consumers of supplements it is so much bigger than bodybuilding now mm-hmm. well um talking about that in regards to influencer brands yeah um greg Doucette's supplement brand <laughs> htlt an influencer brand that at least on my end didn't live up to hype why do you think that certain influencer brands like normally don't do well in the market well i think greg kind of proved it himself in his video he was like uh, uh he he had someone else formulate it for him and it didn't live up to the standards that he wanted um ironically i was net positive on his pre-workout um mm-hmm. however it's a really lucky thing that i didn't look at his fat burner before i did that video because the fat burner really was where it fell short um yeah. but yeah. i mean like it, it it comes down to it being a cash grab right like you want yeah you're you're an online trainer or an influencer or whatever you're a personality online you may not have time I mean, like if you remove the whole entrepreneur having time thing, like whatever, you may not have time to spend formulating, uh, you know, working with a manufacturer to have everything in stock, uh, you know, actually fulfilling the, the orders. So you, someone else takes your name, you know, you license the, the name to them. They do all of the work. You get a certain cut out of it and, and everyone, you know, supposedly wins. But in this case, uh, I, I do think Greg is a, a pretty ethical, moral person. I think he's a pretty good dude. And I think I, I have to at least applaud him realizing that it wasn't going to go the way he wanted it to and pulling it back. I definitely think, you know, it shows that, you know, he really didn't care enough to do anything in the beginning, but I'll at least applaud him for having the balls to pull it and start something over. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. some accountability, right? Like, like, I mean, we all want everyone to do the right thing. You know, this is, uh, I'll say it here, Al, uh, this has been something that bounces and bouncing in my brain for a little bit. It's like doing the right thing in the supplement industry is like a really big, it's like uh, pretty much every conversation that I have boils down to do the right thing, you know, uh, whether it's from not copying licenses, like a ghost topic, right. Or down to creating compliant products that do not break the regulations and supplements all the way down to just being honest with your following because even if like let let me ask you as as a consumer right because i have my own thoughts but if greg had gone forward with a formula that he did not manufacture he did not formulate he was not involved and he was just slapping his name on it even if it was a a fine formula i would still consider that unethical if you're slapping someone's name on it like would you would you consider that to be less than ethical I would consider it to be less than ethical, but I know the game of right. the supplement industry that if you reach a certain uh, certain amount of popularity, followers, you name it. Let's say, <laughs> let's say Ben, you get one million followers on IG. Then you have a company that reaches you that says, "Hey, we can put your name on X product, sell mm-hmm. it for you, manufacture it. You get this percentage of the cut, and we do all the work." That's right. the name of the game, right? But the only issue is you're putting your name, your reputation, everything on the line. And yep. me and you, we would do things differently. Other individuals, if you're just doing a quick cash grab, 
if it works for you, awesome, great. If not, mm -hmm. shit backfires. So, I mean, like, I think it's really important, and I don't really know if I ever stress this enough on my content, but there is so much work that goes into properly doing this, mm -hmm. which is such a, it's a hard thing to convey, but you see it in brands. And, and I don't bring this up enough because we, it's unfortunate because you have very, very passionate people who come out with a line that they, you know, have spent months formulating and negotiating and uh, saving up to put their money into, and then they get it and it shows up and there are spelling mistakes on the label. There are regulatory issues in the, in the actual facts panel. There's all sorts of stuff that we could call out and be like, this is a lawsuit waiting to happen. And it like, there, there's no way that you would know half of these problems if you were coming into the industry. Um, I don't know. I, I assume Dan listens to these occasionally, but this is a, this is a topic that Dan and I talk about all the time. We're talking about people that really think that they deserve to own a supplement company. And it sounds kind of like um, entitled to say, but not mm -hmm. everyone deserves to own a company. Like if you don't know how to properly and ethically do things by the book, I feel like we're better off without that company. And it, it kind of feels unfortunate because a lot of these brands are owned by very passionate CEOs, very, people that love the industry, love bodybuilding or fitness or whatever. But if you aren't testing your products to make sure that they are at least safe, if not, you know, meeting label claim, which is the law, you know, people talk really big about people that do the testing, forget that it's actually required by law. If you can't do that as a, as a base, then like, you know, who are you to create a community of people that trust you with their health and wellness? Okay. Yeah. So it influencer brands, you'll hear me joke about in my story, like another one. I think if you watch that Greg video, like the beginning of the video is like, yeah, we got another one, like another freaking influencer brand. Um, yeah. at, at least that pre-workout uh, wasn't all that bad, but I don't know. I'll applaud him for at least pulling the cord and doing something better. But I, I think we can all agree that it's a good example of someone who should have done it the right way. Okay. Well, thank you for giving me your input and experience regarding influencer brands. Also, yo, you you posted on your story on your own personal page. Oh God, Jim Shark, Jim Shark oh. out with a supplement brand, or at least teasing that something. Was oh yeah, yeah, dude. I've thought about that for a hot minute because I'm just there, like Jesus. By a hot minute, I think you mean like a year. Yeah, literally, wow. I still remember I that to this day. I still remember that to this day because I'm literally talking to individuals that I'm like, okay, Gymshark athletes. And then when they drop their um, supplement line, if they ever are going to do that, um, yeah. that's going to change the, the game or at least the industry as a whole because there's so many um, conflict of interests out there. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's part of the, I mean, that's part of what being an influencer creates an issue for because you want to own your own brand, right? Like um, the, the, there is no issue here. I'm make clear before I make this point, but bringing it up, I think is an important part of this. Like Guzman owns 3D. Guzman is sponsored by Ghost. Ghost also has an RTD, right? Mm -hmm. you, how often do you see 3D and Ghost Energy in the same refrigerator? I mean, I don't, I don't know in Chicago, but like over here, I see them next to each other in a lot of gym uh, freezers, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that, that can create an issue. Obviously in this case it doesn't, because let, let's go back to this catchphrase before Dan does things right the right way, you know? Um, 
but a lot of people don't do things the right way. And so being a Gymshark sponsored athlete, but also owning your own company and dietary supplements, if they come out with a supplement, that's going to be a problem. Yep. It will be a problem, a conflict of interest, you name it. And, um, but at the end of the day, if things are handled professionally and things are handled yeah. in the right way, then it shouldn't be an issue at all, but it should not. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's, it's a tough spot, man. Yeah. And I mean, my question is like, why do we need a Gymshark supplement company? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Yeah. I think Ben Francis, AKA the one that owns a certain percentage of Gymshark sat down and was like, you know what? Our clothes are great. Our clothes are awesome. Uh, we're basically <laughs> competing with Nike, Adidas, this and that. Um, but why don't we just start a supplement line? Why not? And keep everything in house. Yeah. Uh, they'll have to make uh they'll have to modify their contracts and take care of their athletes and ambassadors in a different aspect um yeah forward if they do that but yeah it's unfortunate but it's part of the business and as long as everything's buttoned up it'll it'll go well on that side on my side not even worrying about the influencers and the conflict of uh interests just like i'm always just like why do like why do we need another company we don't like we we have billions of fucking industry companies. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on this podcast, but you're, you're allowed to curse. <laughs> allowed to curse it comes out so easily. Um, so for <laughs> so for me, it's I don't think we need any more, you know. Oh, um, a mainstream CPG brand, Snickers. Yeah. Their own protein. Oh yeah. What do you? This think? isn't exactly new. I will say that yeah, too. You know, new, it has happened but before, but. I mean, the, the the positive spin to put on it is that Snickers doing it normalizes it for us, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't even all that bad. There was like a little bit of sugar in it, but um, I don't know. I I don't think that stuff really uh, dilutes our market at all as as much. I think like Jim Shark getting in the equation dilutes the industry, but I think. Um, first of all, a protein is not exactly weird, you know, like there, there's tons of different proteins. There's always been powdered proteins. Um, I don't really have much else to add to it. I think why that's one thing to say is that I don't think ghosts will be doing a Hershey protein now that Hershey has their own protein or was it Snickers? It was Snickers. Snickers. So I, yeah, don't yeah, know, yeah. I don't know if Hershey's is in the mix and, uh, Mondelez or not, but, um, <laughs> basically, um, I don't know. I think Snickers safe bet in regards to protein, see the response within the market. And if they want to make something else, cool, awesome, sweet. But I think it adds to the legitimacy of the supplement industry if a mainstream um, yeah. global license such as Snickers got into the mix. Well, this is part of like the, the better for you category, mm -hmm. right? It's, uh, it's not bad for you. You know, it's, it has some sugar in there. It's not great for you. It's better for you. It's better than eating Snickers, right? It tastes like a Snicker, but there's, and there's a little bit of sugar in there, but it has yeah. that protein leveraging, right? So that kind of stuff, I think, elevates our market. <clears throat> I don't think that they will ever make the leap from protein to aminos or pre, but I do think it, I think it helps. I think it only helps us is, is a good way to put it. Okay. And then let's talk about Unbound. What unbound yeah unbound so unbound supplements what was your role um 
as either a consultant or just specifically from PricePlow? Like, what was what was your role with Unbound? Uh, so uh, through PricePlow, um, mm-hmm. also from but on my own sometimes, but most most often through PricePlow, we are active as consultants. So we we come in and offer our, you know, recommendations. Uh, based on our expertise uh, in a, a multitude of different places. It could be for marketing. It could be uh, sometimes we just research for people. We have brands that just say, I have this ingredient. I don't know if I want to use it or not. Can you look it up for me? Um, and on some very fun occasions, I get to work with uh, the formulating teams at companies um, to help suggest ingredients and dosages and synergies. In this case, I had a really great opportunity to sit down with myself, um, Mark Glazier, so, so an old mentor of mine, an old boss of mine, who's now a very good friend of mine, um, and one other consultant, uh, Robert Shinetsky, the supplement engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but we got to sit down over the course of, uh, this took a long time, you know, a lot of credit to Mark. He took a lot of uh, time to put together what he considered to be uh, the right way to launch Unbound. And we put together um, what would be, I think, most kindly see uh referred to as in mark's words the wish list pre-workouts you know and the wish list uh, supplements in general mm-hmm. um I, th- I think those were his like exact words at the beginning were like give me a wish list pre-workout like if you could add whatever you wanted to it what would it be um and i f- so robert and i were able to help put together a, uh, a line here i mean very careful to not take like credit for stuff because we all were working together mm-hmm. um my specific role was uh, a little more heavily into um, finding interesting ingredients. Uh, Mark has been in the industry for t- close to 30 years. Um, and as his companies and uh, you know roles have expanded, he admittedly has been less on the side of finding new ingredients. And so because of my role at PriceBlow, I get to interface with a lot of interesting companies that you know might bring me a new ingredient that isn't out to market yet or something like that. Um, and so because of that, I had a few unique ingredients that if you look through, like, for instance, Unload from Unbound is a very interesting pre-workout that has, like, I think, like, upwards of 10 uh, trademarked ingredients, like mm-hmm. a lot of really interesting odd stuff. Not odd sounds negative, but like just like out of the box type stuff. And um, so I was I was part of that kind of side. And Robert was really helpful in finding uh data to support some synergies robert is a like a workhorse when it comes to researching uh ingredients so the two of us and glazier were able to put together a really interesting i think innovative uh nude industry type of line okay and so thanks for sharing that with me and the listeners (laughs) yeah like i i like i know that we talk off off air about a lot of things Mm. But just sharing your experience within the industry to the listeners, I know that this is like just awesome for them. So thank you, dude. Yeah, they're having a really good time with it. I, it, was, it was one of the most fun things I've done in the industry, getting to be, I mean, you know, we do, a, I don't want to say a lot of consulting. We do a fair amount of consulting, the amount that we can fit into each month with, with our other projects going on. But um, we're often, you know, making suggestions that don't always go listened to. But uh, Mark, was uh mark trusted us a lot and uh gave us some really cool assignments of different products that i think um 
at the very least, you know, pace with the top of the industry, if not being um, innovative or special on their own. Uh, the pre-workout um, is unlike any other experience that I've had in pre-workout, I'll say. You know, a, a mm -hmm. lot of times when people think of pre-workout, they think of like very, very high stim, hardcore. It went a little bit more into a euphoric mood and focus uh, pre-workout, which was kind of fun to do. Um, it has a very, very cool industry, uh, industry new uh, ingredient called Rodeo Prime, which is a rhodiola extract mm -hmm. that most often you see rhodiola high in rosevins, um, but this is higher in salidricides, um, which does a really cool job of, if you're familiar with uh, theanine, is putting a lot of pre-workouts to kind of combat the harshness of, of caffeine. Mm -hmm. And uh, we theorized, Mark, Robert and I uh, theorized that using rhodiola instead of theanine would give you that same smoothing effect for stimulants because unload has an extra, which is Alpina Galinga. It has Zynamite. It has 450 milligrams of caffeine um, and a few other slightly stimulating things. We wanted to kind of smooth that without sedating you. And uh, I, we, we had multiple beta testers take it without knowing there was 450 milligrams of caffeine in it and not know there's 450 milligrams of caffeine in it. So I felt that we accomplished a really good job of giving you a high stim pre-workout that doesn't give you the negatives of high stim pre-workouts. Okay. And then now that we were talking about the caffeine dosages, I know that a mm. lot of individuals try to stray away from <laughs> high caffeine or caffeine dosages of 600, 800, a thousand milligrams a day. Right. So yeah what is your like sweet spot in regards to like caffeine daily dosage? And so I know, I know you edit a lot. I know that you record a fuck ton of videos. I know that you do a lot, dude. So I'm weird. I'll be really honest with you. I wake up in the morning. I have, I, I, I so I'll be transparent here. I have recently accomplished becoming addicted to uh, coffee. Like that is yep. a new thing for me. Mm -hmm. I drink a lot of coffee now. I think I was joking with you about that the other day, but uh, traditionally up until recently, uh, I did not consume any caffeine in the morning. I was not a caffeine person. Um, mm -hmm. I liked to allow myself to kind of wake up. Uh, and that wasn't for any sort of noble reason or and not liking caffeine or anything. It was just, I just didn't drink caffeine. I was never brought up doing that. Um, and so for me, it was most often my sweet spot in terms of like what I can think of is 600 milligrams of caffeine pre-workout. I love like 600 is like my spot. Um, but I also like, um, like, so you some Yohimbi and stuff in there too, which can make it feel like a little bit more than just caffeine. Okay. Um, and then, uh, usually I work out around like, like four 30 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, and ev almost every single night, almost every single night I'll play Warzone with, uh, one of my best friends, Tony, and I'll usually drop a two scoop of gamer then. So it's not a lot of caffeine. You know, but it gets the job done. It's honest work. Nice, sweet. And then talking about streaming, is Price Plower going to have its own streaming channel, or you have your own streaming channel? <sighs> camera, camera on, and being as toxic as you want, dude. It's so tough for me because, like, I so I built this whole PC mm -hmm. as a tax write-off, really, honestly. But nice. it's like you know, I told myself I can stream with it, right? Um, it's an editing you know, machine, but it can stream. And 
I keep telling myself like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start it. And then nine o'clock rolls around. I'm getting on with my friends and my friends are not, um, I hate calling myself an influencer, but they don't make content. They're not, you know, they're just dudes that I work out with. And the, the thought of like me being over here, like, Hey, thanks for the subscribe. Like while my friends are like <laughs> with me, like I, I, um, I may seem very outgoing on my content mm -hmm. because that's like the character I present for that. But uh, the truth is in person, I'm not really all that. I, I, don't, I don't like being that way. I don't, I don't like, um, like the other day I was at my gym and there was a supplement company. The owner was there uh, giving out samples and he walked up and he was like, I feel like I know you from somewhere. Like, <laughs> I feel like I've seen you online. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Like, I really don't like playing that up. And in front of my friends, yeah. like, I will get embarrassed about it. Um, I, I feel like I, I still have like some imposter syndrome when it comes to like what I do. And you know, I, I think I'm relatively good at it. But um, so to answer your question, I would love to. I would really like to stream because I love playing video games. Uh, before Call of Duty, it was uh, I used to play a lot of World of Warcraft. I grew up on Zelda and Nintendo. I've always been uh, I've always been a video game person, but the commitment to like being a streamer and presenting that you know like being that personality where you gotta like pay attention to people watching and stuff is it's just so not me. And especially not me in front of my friends when we're trying to communicate and kill people in Warzone. So I'd love to. Honestly, I really would like to. I just, I can't. Like I have OBS on my computer. I have the whole stream set up and everything. I have the Twitch account. I just have to press stream and I just haven't done it yet. Okay. Well, I would love to. I would love to hear because I don't talk to any streamers. Um, I would love to talk to someone who would tell me like why I should do that. Because obviously like, like Ricky streams, right? all sorts of people stream uh how many of those people were originally friends with other streamers who made them feel like it was normal i don't think you know like people start streaming together you know no i don't think people start streaming together but i think at the end of the day if you enjoy it and at least you're able to make that transition from like gaming for fun uh gaming while streaming but still having a fun time yeah uh, you'll you would easily make that transition like easily in my opinion plus if you ever need any advice, I do Dan, Ryan, Ricky, yeah. um, Taylor, Joe Perry Carter, you name it. So many people that would just love to like either play with you or just see you streaming support. I dude, yeah, I don't stream because I'm a toxic motherfucker. Just being honest with you. Like I would get banned, <laughs> I would get banned so quick. And um, but I would love to support you on a stream, dude. So so let, let me make this case as well. This is like the kind of the other side of it too. When I'm playing, like, like, um, I will admit I deal with a decent amount of stress. I think you and I have talked about this privately before. Like, I, I stress a decent amount. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, when I get to like sit down and relax and play games with my friends, like that is my way of just letting loose and relaxing. And this thought process of having responsibilities of a stream or watching what I say or having to entertain people view like. Does that make sense to you? Like, it's not relaxing anymore. It's not therapy anymore. Um, and I, I actually really like your second half of what you're saying there, like being able to get on stream with like Dan and like Joe Perry, Car like other friends who play games and maybe relatable to Ghost or the industry or stuff. One of my first ideas was streaming with people from the industry 
and it not being about industry stuff, like dropping in with Greg Helton or Drew Peters and not talking about supplements and just shooting the shit, you know? Yeah. Now that you brought that up, let's talk about the Dude Sweat podcast. The Dude Sweat podcast. The Dude Sweat podcast is exactly what I just said without the streaming and video gaming. It's just a podcast that we probably will likely mention supplement stuff just because Mm -hmm. it's what we do all day long. But the fact of the matter is, well, I mean, let's dial it back. Um, It, the Do Sweat podcast is myself, Greg Helton, Darren Decker, and Nick Karalekas. So Greg Helton is the, I'm going to, I'm going to mess everyone's titles up here because titles don't matter to me because they're my friends, but Greg Helton <laughs> is, is like a, I think he's vice president and, and a partner at Rise. Nick Karalekas is, I think a vice president of EMI. If not, he's something really big and I'm sorry, Nick. And Darren Decker is a vice president of sales for Cage Muscle. And we've all been intertwined for some years now. When Nick was at MFIT, I worked with him a lot. Greg and I have worked together a few, through a few different, uh, different things. And Darren has actually never met anyone else in the group in person except for me because I flew out to Boise one year and made friends with him. So we are all just kind of intertwined with our friendships. And we are all very similar in mindsets in terms of Uh, mental health and morals and ethics and the kinds of things that we do with our time. Um, But we are all in different parts of our lives. Darren is married with a kid. Greg is uh, engaged. Uh, Nick and I are not. We're a little bit like behind them. And so it's kind of morphed into being this very fun idea of just um, a lot of it's going to be men's mental health, I think. I think mm-hmm. because that's like an underrepresented topic in the industry in the world. Um, but just kind of like dudes, you know, like just dudes chilling. Um, one motto that we kind of were fit, working out on was like locker room in 2021. Like, like, like uh, actually, I wouldn't say politically correct because we're not politically correct, but like, you know, reasonable dude talk. You know, that's like, a, it can it be anything from mental health, like healthy stuff down to, I don't talk about sports, but I'm sure it's going to come up um, or like career advice, you know, oh. building yourself, building, a, being an entrepreneur, uh, being self-employed, all that kind of stuff. And it, it, it hasn't launched yet. We're, we're still putting together. Um, as of right now, it is Thursday, August 5th, and Greg Helton has still not made the logo for it. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're figuring it out. And we're moving forward. So I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about it. It, it originally was just going to be a supplement podcast. And then we realized we had so much more to offer the world than just talking about supplements. Dude, at the end of the day, I have a feeling it's going to be a badass podcast. So when that starts, you have my support hands down. I appreciate that. I mean, I think um, I have done, I mean, I currently do the price Blah podcast on a regular basis, mm-hmm. right? Um, I did SIRS last year, which ended up not working out, but I think we proved that, you know, we can make things that fare well. Um, And so we are all avid watchers of Rogan, Joe Rogan. And we love that idea that like, we could talk about anything, whether it's like weird alien shit or like, you know, uh, DMT and mushrooms, like whatever it is. Like, I think that the four of us, most people will find one of us or a few of us they relate to and i think it's going to be a fun podcast i'm I'm very excited for it admittedly yeah no i'm certainly very excited for it and um so yeah i'm looking forward to when that officially launches 
Um, I'm going to drop another quick question your way is sure. how do you handle stress and work life balance? I don't. You don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't. Oh, That's the honest answer. That's, I mean, yeah. anyone who know anyone who actually knows me, I'll be a little bit uh, like open here. Anyone who actually knows me, I don't handle it very well. But um, the way that the ways that I do uh, include just getting away from things. Uh, my biggest realization in the last year, because I used to like, all of my work is on my phone, you know, like I used to be like in my Instagram DMs constantly, constantly answering, constantly like checking comments, uh, responding to people that are just unkind, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and that stuff would occupy my mind. And it took a, a lot of realizations, a lot of things to, um, to come to light, um, which included anywhere, uh, I read this book called The Four Agreements, which is a really great book. I think a lot of people should read. It's a very quick read, but a lot of that is um, explaining that what the things that people say and they they do um, are reflections of themselves, not of you. And the other thing, realizing that like all of this stress is made up in your mind, and stress, cortisol, flight or flight response, like all of this negative. Uh, stuff that's going on inside your body is originally a response to predators your body creates this stress the cortisol the adrenaline the nor uh, norepinephrine all of that stuff so that you can respond to predators or threats against your health mm -hmm. and so when i realized that my iphone was making me fear for my life you know chemically right uh, I realized how unhealthy that was. And eventually I was like, all right, I need to cut this. I need to, I need to be healthier. I need to, um, you know, get myself into a better spot. And so a, a couple of things that I do actively, uh, every morning I meditate right out of bed. Uh, I actually, one of the best things I did, and I, there's gonna be a lot of people here who don't think that's all that great, but I outfitted my whole apartment with, uh, Alexa dots, the echo dots. Bye. I put my phone in another room when I go to bed. And when I, I wake up to an alarm mm -hmm. uh, from the Echo Dot, so my phone does not wake me up. When I wake up, I do not look at my phone because I'm sure a lot of people can can relate to this. I used to wake up to an alarm on my phone, mm -hmm. roll over with my phone, and scroll Instagram for as long as I really could fit before I really needed to get to work. Yeah, right. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And you just sit there, you like whether or not you realize that you're judging other people and comparing them to yourself and affecting your own happiness, like you are like, like, you might think that you're not but you are 100%. Uh, and so that helped me cut down my screen time, I try not to be uh, scrolling, uh, Mike calls it death scrolling, because you're just mm -hmm. like, scrolling forever and ever and ever. And when you run out of Instagram stuff to scroll, then you go to uh, Facebook or YouTube or uh, Reddit or like whatever, and it just you just go, and it's it's terrible for you, I think. Um, some other things uh, I, I try to get outside as much as possible. If you work from home, it can be really hard to keep yourself from staying inside. Mm -hmm. um, and there would be days where, like, especially during the um, lockdown last year, where I would order my groceries to my house, I would literally leave for nothing but gym. And if it was a rest day, I wouldn't leave my house at all unless I had to walk my dog. Um, I need to get outside and get sun on myself. I need to feel like open, fresh air. Mm -hmm. Um, like getting outside and like looking up and like there not being a ceiling is so huge, at least for my mental health, for whatever reason. Um, 
And on top of that, time with friends, whether that is sometimes I was just playing Warzone with my friends. So I don't have to physically be with my friends, but like being around people and talking and just conversing and socializing. Um, I, I read a really good book a couple of years ago called Tribe by, well, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was really good. It was talking a lot about um, how we as humans are tribe, tribal beings, and we need to be in tribes like packs. Um, I mean, there's a whole nother part to that with Jordan Peterson about like hierarchies, but for the most part, we need to be around other people. And the further we distance ourselves from other people, the more unhealthy we become. And lastly, I'm a huge user of cannabis, which I don't think I need to explain. <laughs> no, no needed explanation. There. I don't think I need to go into that. No one. needed explanation. <laughs> uh, um, something that I ask you all the time on Price Plow is, "What do you do for recovery?" Because I kind of feel like a train just ran me over every single time oh. I've finished that I'm done working out. Maybe it's because my workout schedule used to be so inconsistent or whatever yeah. the case may be, but it's just- Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. Consistency, like if you are inconsistent, you're gonna get hurt more or not, I don't know about hurt, but you're gonna be hurt. more affected. Yeah. You know, the more consistent you become, the more your body can deal with it. Um, I think maybe the, the most obvious yet least obvious ones are I, I diet consistently. I sleep really well. Um, I personally sleep with a CPAP. I have sleep apnea and I think most people I think a lot of people have sleep apnea and don't realize it. I would recommend if you have health insurance to get a sleep study. I mean, at the very least that you might need to wear a little mouthpiece that keeps your mouth more open when you sleep. Um, sleep is definitely the most important thing, but some non uh, obvious ones are at the end of your workout, like calming down. Um, a lot of people like finish their last lift and it's like a big deal and it's this massive pump and all this energy and they march straight to their car and they drive home. And, um, I prefer to, a lot of people will say like, you should like go to like a turf section of your gym and like lay down and breathe, like, like try to calm your central nervous system. For me, I really like to actually just go sit with a friend at the gym. Like if there's someone still training, sit and talk with them while they train and try to just kind of regulate your breathing. I think bringing down your central nervous system and, and consciously breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth slowly, uh, you know, a couple counts is really important. Um, and I, I think that makes a huge deal of difference in how your body begins the recovery start process. Um, if I actually do, I don't know about injure myself, but if I cause something that I need to actually pay attention to, I think I said this is my story for you the other day, but I, I get into uh, my massage gun, I'll take some hot showers. Um, and I'll even cut myself sometimes if I have to. Um, but my recovery is mostly very simple. Uh, a lot of it is just a lot of sleep, a lot of eating, and, and hydration is really important. Hydration is something that admittedly I do not do well enough. Yeah, I literally live off of coffee and energy drinks, just being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm no better. I, uh, within like the closest parts to my hands, I have uh, a Gatorade bottle, which is not water. Mm -hmm. I have a protein shake that I'm drinking right now, which is made with water, but again, it's not water. Mm -hmm. And I have coffee, which is the opposite of water. It's literally dehydrating. Oh, just finished that Sour Patch Kids Ghost Energy Blue Raz. And yeah. I'm done here. I'll make a pot of coffee. <laughs> yeah. I get it, dude. I um, totally get it. Um, yeah. I think one of the, I mean, this is like right after I finished that meditation in the morning, I 
drink 500 milliliters of water. Really? And yeah, I, I think, um, and it's a weird analogy here, but like one of the biggest things that like sex therapists do for couples is they tell them to schedule their sex, which sounds, <laughs> which sounds like really, it sounds stupid. It sounds about as stupid as scheduling your water drinking. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, when you like set it to a clock and you live by that, you stick to it, you know, mm -hmm. drinking 500 milliliters of water first thing in the morning is really important. Um, and I like to, cause if you get into meal timing, if you get into meals, I don't like to drink a lot of water with my meals. I think that's kind of bad for your digestion, but between right. those meals, before I, before I get to that next meal, I need to drink another liter of water. Okay. A liter is not all that bad, right? Like you could chug a liter if you needed to. Right. So why don't you, you know, you finish a meal, go chug a liter for your next meal. Okay. And then, um, last and final question, going to give props to fitness informant, AKA Ryan, cause you're, Fit butters are the bomb.com. So, <laughs> what is your favorite uh, flavor of fit butters? So, fit butters is a lot like energy drinks. It's seasonal for me. Okay. Uh, right now, it's been the Cookie Monster one most recently. The Cookie Monster? Rory's Cookie Monster. Yeah, Rory's Cookie Monster. Dude, the fact that he named it after his daughter. Yeah, so cute, right? That's, that's sick, dude. That's like no matter what happens to that brand, boom, there was a product that lives that forever, right? That lives forever and named after Rory. So yeah, yeah. That My, I will say I just got the red velvet one in though. And um, that's going to be the next one that I want to try out. I have that in my closet. Uh, I, if I'm being honest here, I've not really been good about my diet this week. Uh, and Fit Butters helped me out a lot, honestly. Fit Butters helped you out a lot? Yeah, because... Um, like those parts of the day, like, like I schedule meals for most of the day. Um, mm -hmm. I, I can now say that I'm sponsored by eat clean for a really great, uh, uh meal company, but mm -hmm. like end of the day, like I like to not eat full meals. I like to eat like a protein shake and rice cakes. Um, right. and so for those kinds of meals, I'll put fit butters on those rice cakes and it feels like I'm eating dessert, dude. Have you done the, um, doing a fit butters on the rice cake and then just put it in the freezer and then just let it like freeze and then eat it later on. No, is this yeah. a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. I saw it on TikTok the other day where someone got a, a protein spread that I think that they either made with um, Greek yogurt, maybe a little bit of uh, protein powder sprinkled in, um, put it on top of the um, rice cake, whatever flavor you want, caramel, chocolate, you name it, put it in a bag, freezer freeze it come back and then it's literally like an ice cream sandwich that's supposed to be healthier for you so i saw a girl do this on instagram the other day with a protein from animal actually it was an animal athlete she she did something very similar use like very very little water to make it into like a peanut butter type thing like a sludge mm -hmm. yep. i saw that but taking it and freezing it is like another step of insanity yep so definitely I should try that with fit butters for sure. And, and well, if we want to put together all of these things from today, I will be doing that today and I will be eating them live on my stream tonight. Oh, okay. Sweet. Nice. <laughs> just let me know how that turns out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I just wanted to say thank you for taking time out of your day just to catch up with me, an old friend, and letting the listeners know what's up. And just I love this stuff, man. You know, what's the best part of this is it's not my content. So I can just like relax and just talk, you know, like that's, I, I've, I thoroughly love doing this with you because you always have great questions 
it's really obvious that you put some time into thinking about that. I think you put more time into your podcast than I do into mine, which makes me want to step my game up. Um, but, but I'm a very candid person. So um, I think you're, you you seem to be very organized and uh, and planned. That's just uh, right. <laughs> that's good though like if you uh, oh yeah. if you have i mean like if you have that kind of uh personality that's good to be that way for myself i'm like so opposite some of my best conversations and best pieces of content are like literally me just turning on the camera and just going so but that, but you make me want to like plan more which is it's, it's i mean it's a good thing it's never a bad thing off air i'll tell you a bollywood story um, oh yeah about my ocd and like or organizing and stuff i'll tell you off air but um but yeah, man, just if there's anything that you would like to say to the listeners before we head out, um, this is your time. That's, can I ask you, who who is your um, normal consumer of, of Content Inspire? Like, can you describe that person to me? That's a really, that's a really good question. Um, I've had, I've had Taylor Brooks, I've had, um, Aaron Gomez, I've had individuals from like all over that'll just yeah. listen to content inspire because they're fans of the supplement industry, whether they're yeah. ghosts or they just love supplements in general. And when they hear a person's why, and it helps them connect and maybe just helps them figure out what they want. Um, so I think the individuals that are listening to it could easily be from the age group from 20 to 30 35 around there that's the target demographic and best part of my day is when i drop an episode and somebody's listening to it whether they're working <laughs> out or just at home and they tell me that they're excited that they've missed the podcast that dude it's the best part of my day so so the people you think the people that listen to this really care about people's why and they care about learning about other people in the industry or where they're going, whether or not it's, it's, it's in the fitness industry or whatever, because I think you also kind of get outside of the fitness industry as well. But um, my, I think that I'll share a story that might be important for people that are in that kind of situation. Uh, last year was a really transformative year for me. I think it was for a lot of people getting through 2020. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I went through a really, really bad breakup earlier in the year. Um, and late in the year, I took a trip uh, to see some, we'll say online friends of mine, you know, it, it may or may not have business related. I don't want to, I don't want people to figure out where I actually went for this, but, uh, in the middle of it, as I will, as I was going out, I really, I had been under a lot of stress. We talked about stress this episode, uh, and I had been struggling with my direction, you know, um, am I doing what I need to be doing? Am I do, am I going where I need to be going? Am I making the right decisions? And uh, halfway through, um, I was, it was like one in the morning, I was out with these friends of mine and we were doing nothing but sitting in the middle of this grassy knoll eating Korean uh, barbecue tacos, which was really kind of a really odd combination. And I realized to myself that I'm exactly where I need to be. I may not be where I am going to be, but where I am right now, I am exactly where I need to be. And we are in such an interesting age right now where you could meet someone on Instagram and a month later, you could be hanging out with that person. You could be creating a business with that person. My, my business partner lives in Austin, Texas. I live in New Jersey. Like you have the whole world at your fingertips. 
all you need to do is go. And you are exactly where you need to be. Um, you may need to light a fire in your ass and get moving to where you're going to be going. But we are all where we are supposed to be. And that, I, that was really comforting for me to realize is that wherever I'm going, I'm going. But right now, I'm good where I am. You don't need to worry about it. Okay. Damn. So if people are, are watching this or listening to this podcast, I don't think you have video, right? Is this just sound? Just sound, but I think I might upload this to YouTube the second. Okay. My shoulders are looking particularly this. capped today. So if you do want to upload this video, I won't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that a lot of people who listen to these types of podcasts are listening for some sort of um, not for myself, from when you have Dan Lorenko on or, or people like that. They're looking for some sort of inspiration or some sort of origin story. Uh, a story of where they can create their thing that will have a why, right? They might not have a thing yet. They might not even have a why yet. But for me, it was really important. Dude, like I, when I was so stressed out about this whole journey of mine, I was neglecting the fact that I create daily content for a YouTube that has 25,000 subscribers. I was neglecting the fact that my the site that I work with gets... 200,000 unique visitors a month. I was neglecting all of the things that I currently am able to have the honor of working with. And I was so worried about what I should be doing that I forgot where I was there. And, and so I think that people that are looking for that kind of inspiration, if they really enjoy other people's whys, um, and they're looking for their own, it was something that I wanted to share from that moment because it, it made me realize that, you know, we all started somewhere. We're all on our way somewhere. And, and where you are right now might not be where you want to be, but it's okay where you are. Damn. I'm not good at motivational talks, but that was, that was that, that, how that I wanted was, to word that. That one was a 10 out of 10. That was fire. That was gold. My dude. <laughs> and yeah, no, that made me realize why I started Content Inspire. Because for the longest time ever, I, I wasn't going for my why just being honest with you so well we talked about um you not really being i don't want to say you not being good at youtube but you realizing that youtube wasn't your thing that the, the, the vlog idea right because yeah. and i think that a lot of people do this you and you know i think you probably could say you were emulating max tuning or christian guzman or whatever like, like i think we all do it you know danny even criticized me that my vlogs come off a little bit ghosty you know like it's it's the the, the content that we consume Mm -hmm. helps us create there is inspiration in there no matter what you want to say about it um so you finding yourself in this audio podcast or, or podcasting instead of content in a vlog form i think is is really important because when you consciously decided you know what youtube isn't for me i think that was really important saying like i don't need to follow those people i need to follow my people my my thing yeah, I, we talked about it off air, but I realized that YouTube is not the right platform for me, that what comes out more organically is podcasting, setting up yeah. interviews, finding out what people's why are, or setting up an interview question that someone will say, damn, that's a, that's a good question. Or just like, if it's able, if that episode is able to help even just one listener, bro, I'm happy. I think, well, I, sorry, I think this is a really good point, right? There are people who like, they create so much that just their life is interesting. Mm -hmm. And th 
to me and to a lot of people, I'll give you a really good example when I finish this point. To a lot of people, there are, in, there, there are folks who are just as talented and interesting and uh, brilliant at their skill being pulling that out of other people. Um, so you pulling that why out of all of these guests is just as interesting as other folks creating alpha land, right? So a really, really good example of this would be um, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan has never been um, a creator of his own things, right? He has been uh, the commentator on Fear Factor, mm -hmm. um, right? Where he showed other people doing crazy shit. He never did the crazy shit. He's a commentator on uh, the UFC where other people are fighting. He's not fighting. Uh, and he's a, an incredible podcast host where he pulls that out of other people. And that's not to say that Joe doesn't do cool stuff. Joe is uh, actually an incredible martial artist. He's a very interesting person, but that's not the content he chooses to make, right? He realized that the content that he makes really well is pulling that out of other people. And I think that you do that really well. And there is no shame in realizing I'm not going to be a vlog guy. I'm going to be that interview guy. Hey, um, if that's the passion that I found last year on August 3rd, because August 3rd is when I started Content Inspire. So I think it's about... Look at that! Yeah, I know. Insane. Um, hey, man, I'm loving it. I'm loving the ride. And I just want to see how far it takes me because literally ever since I started this podcast, it's just meeting people, just having fun, networking and just having fun, bro. That's awesome. I think that's the most important part of this is just enjoying what you do. Um, and we can figure out how you can make money off of it later. <laughs> nice. yeah thanks um yeah we'll talk about that off air for sure yeah, of course um, so let me let me ask you um you have, this is the third season kicking off now right the third season kicked off and it kicked off with matt muttner um and actually great guy on on monday yeah shit it did launch on monday <laughs> um yeah it launched on monday the second yeah one day before your year wow how cool is that and that was episode 48. So just to mad damn that workload of two episodes a week and then season two. And then now finally in season three. Yeah. So it's been a fun ride, dude. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Huh. Yeah. Well, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Dude, it's been awesome. So I'm going to link everything of yours down in the bio below. Cool. And listeners, hope you love this episode. Until next time. Peace.